clap of praise. Maybe before you sit, don't sit just yet. We can give them a clap of praise. Before we sit, we're going to, now, now some of you know this in our, uh, through our Compass Kids, if you have kids over there, we've got this Advent calendar that you can do as a family and, and it has a little different thing. And today, one of the things is to stretch out your muscles and, and, your, and your body. And so we're going to all stretch together to start our day, all right? Does that sound good? It, it brings joy by stretch. So we're going to start with one of these. Let's do a little, just kind of feel that. Oh, that feels good. Look at that. Robbie's fresh off two knee surgeries and he's stretching. So you got no excuse. Maybe let's go the other way. Well, it's kind of. It uh, feels kind of good. Feel that. Get the body going. That's pretty good. All right. Now maybe turn and give somebody a high five. Give them a high five. Well done. You stretched it out. Little bit of joy. That is great. And you can, uh, you can grab a seat after that. Give them a high five. That's great. Well, what, a, uh, what a great way to, uh, to start our, our day, our, our time together. We are in a series right now. Uh, called The Best Christmas Ever. If you're new today, welcome. It's great to have you jumping in on this. As we come up to uh, Christmas time, we're spending some time reflecting on uh, the first Christmas, the birth of Christ, which was the one true best Christmas ever. And as we look at it and at the people who are involved in it, uh, there's so much that it can speak to us about how we actually experience, uh, you know, a, a great Christmas now. Not just what happened then, but how we let that Effect today, and so today uh, we are going to be uh, talking about uh, the whole idea of waiting, and uh, and and what it looks like to wait well, and and to wait on things. Christmas, in in so many ways, you know, uh, as I mentioned, we're doing this Advent calendar. Advent in the Advent season. Advent is this word that really just means arrival or appearing. The birth of Christ was God appearing, arriving in this world. And in the season of Advent, in the weeks that lead up to Christmas, we celebrate that looking forward, that waiting for God to appear and to show up in the world. And we celebrate that that has happened already. And so we spend this season waiting. And, uh, and, and one of the great joys of the Christmas season is waiting. Uh, our son, six years old, Levi, he, uh, we have a, a little, uh, you know, kind of chain we've put together out of, you know, Christmas paper. I don't know how many of you've done those when I was a kid. You, you put all the links together and you put 24 of them. You start on December 1st so that every day you can tear one off and you can see here's how much longer you have to wait until Christmas. And so you, you make the chain so that, the, you know, then your kid can look and just count and find out for themselves. They don't even have to ask at that point. And because uh, we've been, uh, when Levi first started asking, how many more days till Christmas, uh, we were saying to him, I mean, it must have been like September, so we're like, about, it was like 84 or something. <laughs> like, don't, you know, you, you, you don't start waiting too soon on this. Maybe let it just give it some time. And then it was like, how long? Uh, 63, I don't, you know, something. How does it work if 30 in one month and then the first, I don't, you know. Uh, and, and so he's been waiting. So now he has a chance. So every night he can take a link off and see, here's how many more days I'm waiting till Christmas. And it really is one of the, the fun parts, if you will, of the season can be waiting. And we're going to be looking today at, uh, at kind of how we wait well, what that looks like. We're going to look at somebody who got to experience an incredible moment with God and what the waiting looked like in his life. So we're going to be picking up the story of Simeon today. Simeon is actually his part in the Christmas story is he 
uh, steps in after Jesus was born. This is a couple months after his birth, and his parents are taking him uh, to do the things that they would do uh, with their tradition and, and as, as Jewish people. And so we're going to pick up this story and how Simeon comes in. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 22. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it's written in the law, Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated, set aside, given over to the Lord. And they were going there and to do also what was instructed, to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Which, and the fact that it was doves and pigeons signifies they were a poor couple. That's what they would do. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. This is who we're going to be looking at today, Simeon. He was righteous and devout. It's about all it tells us about Simeon. We don't know if he was a priest or just a, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. All we know, all it tells us, we don't know how old he is. We don't know his whole story. We know this about Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He had committed his life to God. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. In other words, Israel, the, the, and he was part of Israel, the people of God, and they had been oppressed and, and they had been exiled and they were under the thumb of the Romans and they had experienced so much distress. And he was waiting with all of Israel for this day that they looked forward to when a deliverer would come, a Messiah would come, the Christ, who would come and rescue them and heal and make all the things that had gone wrong, put them right again. And he was waiting for that to happen. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah, the Deliverer, the Christ. One day, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Now, we're in this series called The Best Christmas Ever. Simeon, surely... Uh, you could say, as someone who kind of got to experience the best Christmas ever. I mean, can you imagine for Simeon this, this whole experience? He's been waiting for the, the promised Messiah. He's been waiting. He's been waiting his, his whole life. He experiences something so great and profound that he is basically like, now that I have seen this, I can die now. What he saw and received and experienced in that moment to see Jesus born, the deliverer, the one who was promised, was so great and profound that he literally says, I'm ready to go. This is what my whole life has been working toward. I can die now. This is so great. God, this is exactly what you promised. Surely you would have to consider it like the best Christmas ever. The best moment ever when you see that which you have longed for. And it's so great. You were hoping so much for it that you literally, you're like, I can go. Bucket list, done. That's it. That's what my life's been about. Now, we're going to talk today about how we get to experience some of those moments and what we can learn from Simeon's life. Because surely we'd all love to be a part of the, the, you know, these kind of great moments. And we're all waiting for different things 
in our lives. You know, different people waiting for different things. In fact, turn to your, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, what are you waiting for? No, do it now. What are you waiting for? What are you, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for, guys? What are you, <laughs> we're all waiting, man. You know, we're all waiting for different things. And, you know, one of the, and one of the great things when those things happen, you know, we're one of the, you know, I, I don't know if this is the a best Christmas ever kind of moment. Surely it's got to be up there. We have, a, we have a young man here. Some of you might have seen him before. His, his name's Riley Turner. In fact, Riley, why don't, why don't you come up on the stage for a moment? Could you come up in case anybody doesn't know you, there's new people, all that kind of thing. This is Riley, come on up. Yes, yeah, this, this is Riley Turner. He's a, he's a good-looking man. He's been waiting his whole life for that special someone, you know. And he'd been waiting and, and waiting. And, and, and guess what? He found that special someone to be a, a a personal assistant to. And, and so he was waiting his whole life. He's like, I want to be a PA. I want to help somebody. I want to serve somebody. And, and last year, I invited him to come onto our staff as a church. And he became our youth pastor, my PA. And he is so excited. It's like this moment he'd been waiting for and looking for. And ah, we're just so excited for you, man. It's been a whole year and just wanted to celebrate that. Can we celebrate a year of the fulfillment of what that has been? I just don't know. I, it's pretty much like it's like it, it, the reason the reason I had to say this because I, I had to bring him up because he he came up to me this morning and he said, Dean, you know, it's been a year I've been your PA now, and I just feel like, you know, I could die now. I could just <laughs> like you could just dismiss me in peace. Like this is everything I was looking forward to. It's just been, and we just celebrating with you, man. Thanks. It's been good. It's, yeah, it's good. No, wait, wait, wait. There's one something else. Something else we want to, I forgot, there was something else, there was something else. Also, also in addition, when we think about those great things you're waiting for, uh, this, this young man, uh, this, this last weekend, this young man got down on his knees and popped the question to Taylor and she said yes. So this young man, that is what we're really here to celebrate. He's uh. He's been waiting. Uh, Taylor's not in here. She clearly uh, has gone running. She's <laughs> she, she was here for the first service, decided that was quite enough of this. <laughs> she, so that's it. We're, we're so excited. But Riley and Taylor engaged, and we just want to celebrate with you. Give them a big congratulations. <laughs> you know, we're all waiting for, looking for different things. But Simeon... Uh, today, he got to see the, the moment of all moments. And, and we're going to reflect a little bit about how you be a part of some of those just great moments. Moments you celebrate. Moments you say, God, look at the incredible thing that you are doing. You know what I think is amazing when you look at, at Simeon and you think, man, who wouldn't want to be part of those moments? Who wouldn't want to be, you know, like, wow, God, I can die now. Wow, this is incredible. Wow, I've been part of the greatest story ever. But you know what's amazing is that we actually do have to wrestle with this very word that we're talking about today is that kind of the precursor to actually experiencing those kinds of moments is this word so often waiting, waiting. And you know what? It's quick to say. It's a short verse in the Bible to read. We're like Simeon. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And it takes us all of a moment to read that, but it took him all of a lifetime to live that. And when you want to, you know, and one of the things we've got to wrap our minds around 
is that if we want to be a part of some of the, the incredible moments that God has for us, there is a, a, you just see this over and over again in the scriptures, that there is a time of waiting. And waiting is not easy. Waiting for something to happen, waiting for something to look forward to. Even though it, it seems like such a simple idea, when you are living in the middle of waiting, it can feel like forever. You know, last Sunday night we had our, our summerly carols. Some of you may have been there on Sunday. Great, welcome, welcome. So good to have you today. We had this, you know, it's this great event down at River Links Park. And, and thank you so much to everybody who was serving, helped make that possible. And, uh, you know, but one of the challenges this year at the carols was it began to rain. And there was a, a forecast that looked like it was going to be trouble. And, and, and we, you know, came to the night and just kind of praying, Lord, just keep it, hold it away. And, and then the event started and it was all good. But then it started to sprinkle. And it's like, look, a little light sprinkle, that'll be all right. We can get through that. But then, you know, here we've got a, this stage and with, you know, expensive electronic gear all set up around it. Projectors worth, you know, probably 10, 15 grand a piece sitting out that, you know, aren't, you know, these projectors are not like made to go in a swimming pool. They're not meant to get wet ever. And here they are. They're saying, and, and all of a sudden it's not just sprinkling. It starts getting harder and it's starting to rain now quite hard. And you're seeing these big fat raindrops. And here we are backstage, you're kind of wondering, oh, what's going to happen here? And we're looking at, at, at this weather forecast, and it's saying, you know, we can see that if we can just get through this kind of 10-minute stretch, if we could just get through this, this little bad patch, it's going to be all right on the other side. But you're looking at that, and now it's raining, and it's coming on all the stuff, and you're looking out, and people are starting to get up and leave. Uh, some of you might know our youth pastor down in Mullaloo, John Ingham. He's heading for the hills. If you see him, just it starts to rain a little bit, and he's like running like a, like a, like a schoolgirl for the hills, and he's just... Um, and it, so, you know, all these things are happening, and he's just calling people, follow me to freedom. And, you know, it's like, it just starts, you're like, oh, my goodness, this feels like, but we're looking on the radar, and we can see if we can just get through about the next 10 minutes, it's going to be all right. But can I tell you something? You're looking at that, and then you're looking at the rain and all this happening, and it feels like forever. And you're looking and going, man, if, if this rain doesn't stop, like when is it going to quit? Because if it doesn't stop, this is going to be all bad for all this gear, you know. And we told all these, don't worry, you can put out your expensive electronic gear. We prayed. It won't rain. You know, it'll be all right. And, and you just in those moments, when you're waiting for something, it feels like forever. If I didn't have a clock and you told me how long did it rain, I'd say about six hours it was raining. And you're just wondering, when's it going to stop? When's it going to be? Can you imagine this? And you're Simeon, and God has promised you something, and you are waiting for it. And what's he tell you? He says, and you know when you'll see it? Before you die. What kind of timeline is that? God promised him, it says, you know, that he would not die until he saw this. Imagine living your whole life, your whole life. And we don't know what age he was when that happened. We don't even know what age he was here. But actually knowing that this is the time, God's like, uh, you're going to see it. Uh, you're going to be a part. I'm going to show up. You'll be a part of one of the most incredible stories ever. But you're going to have to hold on. Through thick and through thin, you're going to have to wait. When's it going to happen, Lord? What's the radar saying? How long do I have to wait? Before you die. It will happen. Can I tell you something? I think one of the things that Simeon clearly got, clearly understood, clearly became a reality in his life is that he 
knew how to wait. He knew how to both not give up on what God had said and how to wait patiently in the midst. That until the day he died, he was clearly not going to let go of what God had promised him. You know, you see this because this incredible moment that takes place where it says, one day in the temple courts, moved by the Holy Spirit, moved by the Spirit, he went into those temple courts. And there he sees this child that he somehow knows God has spoken, God has shown him, this is the Messiah, this is the one you've been waiting for. I love that phrase because it says, you know, he was moved by the Holy Spirit and he went into the temple courts. Do you know what that tells you about Simeon? It tells you a couple things. It tells you, one, he had not yet given up. I mean, how many times, you know, we, you get the picture. He was there. He must have done this. This was a regular thing in his life. We don't know that he was a priest, but he was a, clearly a regular at the temple, and he was righteous and devout, and he followed God. And, and so he was continuing, clearly, to no matter what, just to show up where God called him each and every day. And then in this moment, it says he was moved by the Spirit, and he went. I love that phrase because it reminds, you know, being a part of God moments, it's about a partnership between God's Spirit and us. The Spirit moved him, but the Spirit didn't pick him up and place him there. The Spirit moved him there, and so he went. You know, Luke, who writes this, he's a doctor, and he's a details kind of guy. And when in the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, he says, you know, I set out to write this orderly account. And you get the picture that this is how Luke approached this as a doctor, as a science kind of guy. He went around, he talked to everybody who was involved in Jesus' life, his birth, his death. And he got all the little details and all the little, you know, understandings of how did this happen and how did that happen. And you get the picture that whether he talked to Simeon or whether he talked to someone who had talked to Simeon, that surely one of those questions Luke must have asked him is, why that day? I mean, how did, you, like, how did you know it was Christ? How did you know that this was him? What, how, how did, and it's like, he's like, like, did God tell you go into the temple today? Did God, like, you know, flash a, a big light? And he's, I, you just get the picture. He's probably, I, I just can't even explain it. I was just moved by the Spirit. Like something on the inside compelled me. Something on the inside whispered to me. Something nudged me. Something, how do you, how do you even describe that? It's just like I was moved by the Spirit to go in. It's just like somehow I just, I just knew. And he went. When the Spirit of God moved, he went. He didn't say, nah, I'm sure. It's probably just in my imagination. Nah, you know what, I've gone into the temple courts every other day. Nothing ever seemed to happen then. He didn't go, you know what, well, maybe I'll, I'll go tomorrow. You know, that's fine. I can go in. But you know what? I'm busy. I'm on my way someplace. I'm, you know, all. He, he just went. Can I tell you something? If you want to be a part of those God moments, there has got to be this partnership between the Holy Spirit and our spirit where he speaks and we go and we move with him. Where he moves in our life and we respond in obedience. I mean, if Simeon had said, you know what, I'll come back tomorrow, Jesus would not have been there. He'd have missed the moment. You know, I think being a part of the kind of moments where God shows up in amazing ways, such a huge part of it is just being a responsive person. Being responsive to what God is saying. 
being willing to take those steps, being willing to say, you know what, how do I know? Like, did God shine a light that I hear? I don't know, but I'm just going to respond to whatever I feel like God's saying. I'm going to go. I'm going I'm to reach out. I'm going to do whatever it is I feel God's laying on my heart. I'm just going to be a responsive person. It's a huge thing. It allows us to partner with the spirit of God and what he wants to do in our lives. And Simeon responds, and he, he goes in. And, then that's, and, and because he does that, because he, he's, he's in enough of a position to hear what God is saying, because he hasn't given up on God after all these years, because he hasn't kind of gone, well, nothing's ever, because he still responds, he gets to be a part of this incredible moment of fulfillment. I mean, you think about this moment of fulfillment that he experiences. Can you imagine what it would be like to be part of that kind of moment that you just say, literally, like, I can die now. My life has fulfilled that which it was about. This is what I've been longing for. This is what I've been waiting for. This is what my life is orientated around. God gave him a promise, and his whole life was about one thing, about waiting to see God's Messiah show up in his life. He'd been promised it, and we know that it was clearly the defining thing of his life. What was he waiting for? This one thing, to see the Messiah with his own eyes. And whatever else was going on in his life, this was the one thing he was waiting for. And you know that because once it happens, he says, that's it. Whatever else happens, I can go in peace. This was what my life was about. My life was about God and seeing him show up in my life. You know, I love this picture because, you know, one of the biggest reasons that I think people give up waiting, stop waiting, quit waiting, stop expecting is because we can get disappointed when we are not seeing fulfillment of things we're waiting for. I mean, Simeon, how was it that we don't know how many days, how many years, how many times he had gone into that temple hoping, waiting, expecting, and it not turning out the way he wanted. We only get to see the one moment it does. But how many times might have this exact scene taken place? Only with no fulfillment. But because he continues to persevere, he gets to be a part of this one. And, you know, I think one of the biggest reasons we get so disappointed uh, with God, and I think, you know, Christmas is a time. Christmas is a time. We talk about the best Christmas ever. Sometimes Christmas is a season of, of disappointment for people. It really can be. And we think, you know, whatever we were expecting for. We were watching uh, Charlie Brown Christmas the other week. Have you ever seen the Charlie Brown Christmas and, and I love that. I watch it every year. And, uh, and, and there's this line in it where Linus says to, to Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who could take Christmas and turn it into a problem. And, and, and the reason Charlie Brown is so sad is because no one's sending him a Christmas card. You know, he was expecting some Christmas cards. He didn't get any Christmas cards. Nobody loves him, cares for him. I always get so many cards. I can't relate to Charlie Brown at all. It's always been that way. My, my mom told me I'm very special. And... Um, but here's the point. Disappointment comes when we've got an expectation. We're looking forward to something. And then the reality doesn't meet our expectation. And I think what Simeon got was he was waiting for one big thing to know God. And nothing was going to allow him to give up on that. 
Because when you are waiting on God, no matter what other disappointments you might experience in life, no matter what else may not go the way you hope, when the one thing you've pinned all your hopes on is God, you will never suffer a fatal disappointment. When you actually say this is the one thing is God, then other disappointments, they come and go. And they will. But when we don't pin our hopes on those things, when the one thing we're truly above everything else waiting for is God, then we have something that is worth waiting for. You know, this morning, I, I, um, our son Levi as well, he, he, I don't know where he got this into his head, but somehow he's caught on the fact that we have an attic above our ceiling. I don't know if he saw on a TV show or something, and he wants to see in the attic. And every time he's asked to see in the attic, you know, and we don't have anything up there. It's, not, it's just literally, it's just that space between, you know, the ceiling and the roof. And, you know, some insulation, all that, you know, and that's it. And, and for some reason, he wants to see in there. And the few times he's brought it up, it's always like we're literally, we're on our way out the door to go to something incredibly important. I want to see in the attic. I'm like, you're just going to have to wait. We can't do that right now. I don't know why right now. Or it's bedtime. You know, we can't right this morning. He said to me, can we look in the attic right now? You know, can we go? I want to see in the attic. And I'm like, you know, buddy, can we just wait? If we can just wait till this afternoon, uh, I will take you up there and we will see the attic. And so he agreed. He will wait with an expectant heart to see that attic. Now, the reality is you and I both know that attic cannot but disappoint <laughs> whatever he is hoping will be up there. I don't know what he thinks will be up there. I don't know if he thinks it's where the Christmas presents get hidden. I don't know if he thinks, you know, I have no idea. All I know is there could not be a less, uh, you know, exciting place than to look up in that attic. Look at all this insulation and what a bad job they did with it over there. What is even happening? You know, they're just like, oh, can I walk around? No, you cannot walk around. There is there is nothing you can do up here. It's just an attic. Now, the, the whole thing about that is this, is we will often pin our hopes to things that cannot but disappoint us in reality. And I love the story of Simeon because he just, he made it his one thing in life, is I'm going to wait on God. And that's the one thing. We don't know what his family was like. We don't know what the other circumstances were like. We know nothing, but we know this. His whole life was ordered around waiting on one thing, and that was God. And whether it took a year, two years, 10 years, 30 years, 40 years, if it took him till the day he died, he said, I'm not giving up. And I'm going to continue to wait on God. I'm going to expect that he's going to show up in my life. And because he never lost that expectancy, because he had his hopes pinned on something he could, worth pinning them to, he gets to be a part of fulfillment. I think that, that you know, if there's two things that I think this story can speak to us. I think God would want to remind us of this Christmas and daily and what our lives are about. I think one would be to, to just remind us. If you're going to put your hope in something, if you're going to be waiting for something, if you're, going to, if you're going to pin your waiting to any one thing, let it be to him. Because everything else in life will disappoint. If you pin your hopes to a person, to a relationship, to a job, to a different, you know, a different whatever. Those things may turn out good, but at some point they will let you down. Because they're not, they're good things, but they're not God things. And only the things of God that are ultimate are worth putting your capital W, this is what I'm waiting for, this is what my life is about. 
And the other thing, so I think we see in Simeon, he had got that. He knew, this is what I'm waiting for. This is what I'm living for. This is what my hope is in. I'm going to, and I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to never give up. And that's that second bit, is then to say, never lose your expectancy. You know, Simeon is this great, great, I think, picture of what it looks like to never lose your expectancy to see God show up in your life. I mean, Simeon could have given up that expectancy any amount of times, any amount of days when it didn't, you know, God didn't show. I mean, this is like literally the birth of Christ. This is as good as it gets. Like God literally showing up in the flesh and he's right there. But it would have been so easy on every other day that were normal days, that were boring days, that were routine days, that were God, I thought maybe today would be the day and it wasn't the day. It would have been so easy for him to have given up. Every time God didn't show up the way he expected could have been an off-ramp to say, you know what, maybe it's, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe it's not what I thought. He would have had exit ramp after exit ramp when he could have just gotten off the track. But he said, no, I'm going to persevere. I'm never going to lose my expectancy that today might be the day. And when that day came, he was a part of one of the greatest moments ever. And I think it's so true for us. I mean, we don't now have to live looking forward to the arrival. We now celebrate knowing God has already arrived in Jesus. How much more should we be expecting to see God show up in our lives? How much more now that he's given us his spirit? that can dwell within when we put our faith in Christ. How much more should we be people? And yet it can become so easy for all of us to lose our expectancy, to lose that sense of, no, Lord, today as I open your word, I'm expecting you're going to speak to me out of it. Today as I go about my day and say, Lord, would you lead me and guide me and order my steps, I'm going to expect that you're going to be a part of my day. As I come into church to worship with others, I'm going to expect that, God, you're going to be here in our midst, that we are not just the people who go through motions, but we expect that God will show up in our midst. This is what the story of Simeon's all about. You know, if I could encourage you to do two things, it would be one, to just maybe allow God to speak to you about what are you waiting for? What have you pinned your hopes on? What is it that, and it's okay to have little, little W's, I'm waiting for this. There's things we're waiting for. It's okay to have things that you, but what is your capital W? This one thing is what my life is about. What is that for you? Because Simeon and the whole of the scriptures will tell us that only God is worthy to occupy that spot. And every time we pin our hopes to something else, it will disappoint. I encourage you to think, God, what let God maybe speak that to you. What is it that you're really waiting for? And I encourage you to maybe declare to him again today, afresh to him today. Say, God, I want to wait on you. I want you to be that one thing in my life. I want to live life with a sense of expectancy that you didn't just arrive back then. You are here now. And I want to live expecting that you're going to show up in my life. You're going to be present. And even on the routine days and the mundane days, I'm expecting that, God, you are there. And I'm going to expect that there are going to be moments and times when I can know you. You know, I love, I'll finish with this verse because I think it captures so well. You know, in, in the book of Philippians, Paul, in chapter 3, talks about all the things he could have pinned his hopes to. All the things that used to be a big deal in his life. How he was this and he was that as a as a Pharisee, and, as a, and how he just kind of had it all together. And all the things that used to bring him status, he says, they're all now like rubbish to me. And he says, 
I want to know Christ. I want to, and he says, I want to know Christ, and I want to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship, the sharing in his sufferings. Paul's like, everything else in my life, I just consider like, that's not worth anything. And this one thing I'm waiting for, pushing toward, this one thing I live for above everything else, he says, I want to know Christ. What would it be like in our lives if we just made that the one thing was just to say more than anything, that one thing we live for, to know Christ, his power in our lives. Sharing in his sufferings, not, not always, but actually saying, you know what? In the good times, in the challenging times, no matter what, to know Christ. I want to give you a moment. I'm going to invite the team to come back up. I want to give you a moment just to bow your head in this space. I'm believing and expecting that there are probably some people here, there's, there's something God wants to speak to you about this. Something he wants to whisper to you. And I want to give you a moment just to bow your head, to close your eyes. And to just in that quiet, just allow him to nudge you, to whisper to you. Maybe it's just saying to him, Lord, is there, am I pinning my hopes to something in, with the, the, other than knowing you? talking waiting on with that's taking the place of waiting on him that's competing for that kind of this is the one thing in my life the thing I'm living for you just allow him to show you if there's anything that just needs to be shifted to the side doesn't mean it's not important doesn't mean it doesn't matter but it's not big enough to be the one thing that your life is about. What you're waiting for is what you're living for. And I encourage you maybe today is a day to just say to him, you know what, I want to wait on you. Maybe you're, you're here today and today is a day that it's actually a day to be one of those responders. There's something in your heart where God's moving you to say, you know what, would you, would you make me your one thing? Would you make me that one thing you're waiting for? And you got an opportunity today while he's here, and while he's whispering that, to just say, Lord, I want to respond. I want to make you that one thing. Maybe that's the first time you've ever just decided to make him that one thing in your life. Or maybe it's kind of returning to a decision you've made before. But you know today is a day to just say, God, I want to declare to you, I want you to be the one thing in my life that I'm waiting for, waiting on, looking toward. I encourage you just to maybe as a simple prayer in your heart, just to pray, Lord Jesus, I want you to be the one thing in my life, the one thing I'm waiting for, the one thing I'm looking for. I want to be expectant that as I wait on you, I will find you. I want to live my life waiting on you never giving up, never losing that expectancy. I want to encourage you maybe just to pray now to give you a moment.